got it. Good job. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm learning as we go. You should know how to do this by now. We're episode five. Yeah, but how cool are these new microphone arms? They're really cool. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. My name is Mauro. And I'm Dan. That's our intro. And this is Let's, Let's Talk, Talk About, about cool, cool Animals. animals. Um, um, we're going to get it. Yeah, day. by now you guys should know. Um, hopefully, if this is not your if this is your first episode, um, we're not very good at the intro part. Of I the think podcast. we're great. Um, so we're getting used to that part. Um, on the other end, we're, we, we have been told that we have a very good back and forth banter. Sometimes. Sometimes. And that we have a good dynamic. Sometimes we both have a shitty attitude. So if you, if you, guys, knew, <laughs> if you guys know us personally, this is how we talk. This is how we like, talk. Like we're not putting in character for the podcast. You know, this is literally us. This is us. Good show. Uh, is it? I've never seen it. Yeah. People say it's a good show. Oh. Um, well, it's Friday again. It's Friday again, even though we said we, we, said weren't, we weren't gonna, gonna do record. this. Here we are. It's five thirty on a Friday. No one else is left in the building, and uh, we're here dropping some uh, some podcast fire. Yeah, um, it's humid again, and it it's is raining. What seventy five degrees? With did you just look outside and just make an <laughs> assumption about? Just so everyone knows, because we are not on a video. Moro just looked behind him. There's there's no temperature. There's no thermometer. There's nothing. He just looked back like you guys could see him. I just looked it up and it's seventy seven. So I was pretty close. I got lucky. Anyway, uh, so we're talking about tardigrades. Oh, we're just going right into it. Banter time's over. I guess I don't know what. Can do, we... you, do you have anything going on? I mean. Not necessarily. Well, there's one new th- development that we have going on is these super cool mic stands that we got on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I am able to adjust these. You, you guys just, can't you, see it, but I'm adjusting it. Yeah. Um, so it's going to And they're make... very comfortable because uh, before we got these, we were basically talking right into the table. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were crouching down and our backs were not equipped for, for, for those of you who don't know us um moro is what are you six 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 and i'm 198 one meter and 98 centimeters for your european and the, <laughs> for rest the rest of the world, of the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i'm just a regular old six foot but i'm thick so that's one meter and 80 centimeters um are we gonna do fan mail or not fan mail fan feedback later or do we want to do it now? Oh, we could do some shout outs. Um, we have to give a huge shout out to one of our biggest fans, Jen, who is has been a client of Dan's dog walking for a very long time, um, but has been just one of our biggest supporters since we started. So Jen, thank you. We love you. And you are amazing. So one shout out for a very special fan. Yes. We should start doing that. Yeah, I like uh, that. If you guys want a shout out, just uh, reach out to us. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't yeah. matter if you did, if you didn't even listen to the podcast. DM Dan's Pet Care on Instagram or yeah. Mira Moro. Moro is what are you on Instagram? Moro M A U R O dot M P four. And then I'm just my full name Daniel Reitman because he's boring or cool and easy to find. Anyways, but I'm old and boring. You're boring, but you know what's not boring? Tardigrades. Tardigrades. What is? I'm okay. You, you guys that. should. Yeah, you guys should know that I'm very good Wait. at the segue part of so, the podcast. Let, before we go into anything, let's let's just talk about what our favorite nickname for them is, because there's a bunch of them. Let's what's the one? With, what's the one with the rhino? Uh, pygmy rhinoceros. That one's stupid. <laughs> um, I really really like moss piglets. Moss piglets is my favorite. <laughs> what one. did I call them? Water piglets. Y- yeah, you said water piglets, and, and then you just he, then he reprimanded you fused. me. So tardigrades, also known as water bears, uh, moss piglets, and the less common 
pygmy rhinoceros, which <laughs> stupid. Yeah, stupid name. Moss piglets takes the cake, in my opinion. If um, if you ha- if you don't know what a tardigrade is before we dive into this, we give you full permission to hit pause. Go go on to Google Images and look them up. They are unless a- you're driving. Don't do that. Good good call on that one. Safe <laughs> always safety first here at Let's Talk About Cool Animals. Um, go check them out. So hit pause now. All right, you're back. <laughs> Great. Um, how amazing were those tardigrades? So that's the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs> we, we just wanted to incentivize you to go do research about these cool little animals. That's really it. Which, fun fact, they are animals. They are. They are animals. They are not single cell. They're multicellular. They have anuses. They have anuses. So that makes them animals. <laughs> that's really all you need. Uh, to be considered an animal, right? They Just have an anuses, anuses. And, and mouths like the alien from Alien. Yeah. So tardigrades. <laughs> <laughs> so they look like fat, just eight-legged fat. Looks like a fat caterpillar with an alien mouth. It's like a gummy bear. It also a hundred percent looks like something that would be a large animal on like a. Um, Star Wars? Yeah, but like specifically, I feel like it would be on like the moon of Endor that people yes. would ride on. Yeah. So shout out to Ewoks. Imagine tardigrades, Imagine like, but like six if feet Star tall. Star Wars was real. No, like, like just like a giant that tardigrade. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> that sounds like, <laughs> like a the nightmare. Size of a hippo. That's also like, what if praying mantises were real? Our lives would be a nightmare. They are real. No, oh, damn it. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, have you really never seen a praying mantis? <laughs> Uh, it's Friday, guys. Um, please. Bear it's been with a us. long, long week. Um, no, but what if praying mantises were like six feet tall? Is yeah. what I meant to say instead of saying stupid. Like, hey, it's like Scythe, the Pokemon, which you don't know anything about. I know Pokemon. Okay, Scythe is a giant yeah, Pokemon. Stupid. Um. Anyway, tardigrades. They, yeah. Let's get back on top. Yeah, they've been around for a long time. About six hundred million years. Six hundred million years. Uh, in comparison, humans, our ancestors, date back. Six million years? Yeah, around. we're, we're young. And modern humans date back to like 200,000 years. Which is, n- I actually re- heard that the other day, and I was like, oh, wow, that we haven't been here that long. Yeah. And humans, as we know them now, only 90,000 years. So, <sighs> yeah. Hey, so, anyone looking for an existential crisis? And the first dinosaurs showed up 250 million years ago. So tardigrades are like the elders Did you of know? Earth. That they um, survived all five major extin- extinction events. They are, what is this, five for five? Yeah. Mm. 100% KD yeah. ratio? No, mm. whatever. Mm. Anyway. Let's, let's fast forward so, to 1773 then. <laughs> so, yes, they've been around for 600 billion years, but they were discovered in 1773. By whom? By a German pastor by the name of Johann August Ephraim Goetze. Uh, yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Okay, there we go. He was a German pastor. And basically, uh, he just found a bunch of uh, moss or plants. And was that, like, what's inside this? Like, um, I have a microscope. What if I just put it down? Who invented the microscope? Oh, I know that. I know that. It was in 1590. Okay. Uh, hold on. Wait, he's got to Google his brain. I, I thought you had it. I'm sorry. It was Zach Jansen. That doesn't seem Zach right. Zacharias Jansen. In 1590. I was right about that. You know, people decide to start looking at stuff in microscopes. Who, who was I thinking about? Von Leeuwenhoek? Who's Von Leeuwenhoek? Is that a person? I don't know. This is already a, a pretty <laughs> reckless tangent. 
No, it is. He was a Dutch scientist. He was a Dutch scientist. And it doesn't matter. I got off topic and it's fine. We're coming back. It's fine. Um, so people started looking at stuff in micro in microphones. Microphones and I'm microscopes. Talking into the microphone <laughs> in microscopes. And they realized that, oh my God, there's a lot of shit in just <laughs> in just a little sample of water. Or living things. Living things, but not all of them are living. Living things that also living. shit. But all these microbes and bacteria moved like really quickly <laughs> in the pew, microscope. Pew, 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 pew. But then our our German pastor friend, Mr. Getze, um, Getze, noticed that there was this one tiny organism that moved very slowly. Like like slow enough to be just kind of slow-mo falling everywhere. Like just paddling. Yeah. Paddling away. Kind of like a hippo. Yes. Yeah. Like that. Except swims, not terrifying. Swims like a hippo. So they start studying these these little things, and they come up with a name, tardigrades, which means slow walker. Actually, slow moving. Same thing. It's it's uh it's Latin. It's Latin. For Tardi slow and grata. Moving. Grata means walking. So tardigrade. Well, not the Latin that I studied. <laughs> it's a different kind of Latin. You wouldn't from Europe. You wouldn't have heard of it. <laughs> so where can we find? Uh, tardigrades if we were to look for them everywhere <laughs> everywhere they are literally everywhere um it's unbelievable like i i've i've been kind of fascinated by these little guys for a while but i never really took the time to do research on them but man if there is water they're there if there's i don't know the space above us they're potentially there antarctica if they are under the sea they're there if they are, there's basically they, no they place on the planet. They every single space of planet Earth. And they are about the size of, if you look in, a, remember magazines? Sorry, How Stuff Works. I just stole this from you guys. Oh, thank you, uh, Stuff You Should Know, for That's being one of the sources uh, for this podcast. Because we listened to your Tardigrades episode. If you guys haven't heard Stuff You Should Know, uh, Josh and Chuck, if you're listening, I love you. Yeah, you big, guys have great, uh, <laughs> great rapport. Big... Big fan. Um, thank you for this little tidbit of information. Anyways, <laughs> so tardigrades are roughly the size of half of a period in a magazine article. Yeah, they range from anywhere from half a millimeter to one millimeter. Or if we're talking microns, 50 to 120. Which is small, but fun fact, not microscopic. Well, you could see it with the naked eye. They are not microscopic. Boom. Thank you, science. Or people say tardigrades science. are microscopic, but they're not. Anyway, so there's <laughs> around 1,300 known tardigrade species all around, all around the world. And new ones are being found, like, probably every week. What was the cool thing you were telling me before? <laughs> so in terms of uh, organism classification, yes. you know, phylums and all of that, tardigrades belong to their own class. Yes. So it like splits. It's like tardigrades yeah. and then everything else on the other side became bugs and then insects. So, <laughs> tardigrades belong to the Tactopoda, Tactopoda class. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Euarthropoda, which basically includes every bug, every arachnid, every everything that crawls. All the awesomeness. All the awesome bugs. So under one class is just tardigrades because they don't they don't have a direct ancestor in the history of the world. It's just them. Maybe maybe they're not from here. You ever think about that? They are. How do you know? Like definitively. Because they are. 
but you don't know that definitively because we don't you don't find them in space yeah but they could have been on a meteor or an asteroid that hit our planet that's the theory hundreds for of how millions of years how, ago how bacteria evolved yeah but like these guys specifically because you would think that there'd be some sort of offshoots from them right yeah it's, i mean you have you have they different can species that evolve space. within that class though yeah but i'm just saying like like into like a bigger, you know. Yeah, like how right. sloths used to be six feet tall. And twelve. There was 12 a twelve feet foot tall sloth. No, 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 like that sounds like that's terrifying. Terrifying, but all, like it depends if it was nice. Imagine just charge like ran just like, like thirty beat miles the an hour. Like just beat the lights out of you. <laughs> Anyways, so yes, there are thirteen hundred known species of tardigrades. They belong to their own class. They are unique. But you might be asking yourself, what makes them so special, and why are we like um standing? Tardigrades, you know, standing, you know, the term standing. I did, but I forgot. It's like Stan from Eminem, like obsessed. Oh, yeah. Hey, Slim, shout I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. Shout out to K-pop. Shout out to K-pop stands. If you guys want to, you know, make a fan can of us. A fan we'll can? Yeah. I okay, we're so, getting... I am so yeah. old. I don't understand half the things um, we're saying. We'll make, uh, so make a tardigrade fan cam. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the anatomy can of the tardigrade. Cams. Let's see. Like, what did what do these little things look like and what do they do? So they have eight legs, right? And Some have, of them have eyes. Yes. Bunny that, ears. That I was I was blown away by it. So some tardigrade species actually have eyes, but they're not actually eyes. They're single photoreceptive cells in the front of their skull. Well, not skull, but like head, mushy head. Their thing. And you can see pictures of this. They actually got um, with electron microscopes. They got close enough to see them, and they literally look like two little eyes. They look like tiny salamander eyes. They're really cute. Yeah. And to put that into perspective, this uh, two single photoreceptive cells is just to detect light and, you know, be aware of the environment around them. In the human eye, there's 125 million photoreceptors. How much bigger are we than them, though, if we're going to like scale it up? Well, if they are the size of a half I mean, like magazine I'm, period. I'm not going to do the math, but I'm curious I'm not. of we're the a, relativity. We're, we're, a lot, we're a lot bigger. We're, oh, we're a lot? We're that's, a lot bigger. That's good math. Yeah. Maybe probably you you could probably fit like three million of these in a strand of our hair. No, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm not. No. Okay, whatever. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm not. I just threw that out there because I'm a brave person that makes claims. Is that brave? Is that <laughs> or is this is this your your brave moment here so, on the podcast? So some of them have eyes, uh, but they all have a shell that is called. I know what it's called. What's it called? It's called a cuticle. It's called a cuticle, and <laughs> this is nuts. It actually sheds as the tardigrade grows which is crazy considering they're so small they're made up of like thirty thousand cells and that was what got me in researching this was actually what? finding out that they are born with the exact number of cells oh, yeah. that they have like that's it that's nuts you have this many cells and this is it forever like think about that if you had the same number of cells from when you were an infant to when you were a giant human person your cells would just be what bigger how does that work well they grow the cells Boom. grow, and that's how the tardigrades grow. They grow with the cells, and their cuticle expands to fit that growth. And fun fact, ah, people know this because this is a, a, a very known fact. Human females are born with the exact number of eggs they're going to release throughout their lifetime. That is true. Yeah, so it fits this. They're born with the exact number of cells that they're ever going to have. They don't undergo mitosis. They don't undergo any processes that... Uh, 
come close to cell division. But they don't go through like menopause. They don't. Not tardigrades. That's the end of my conversation about (laughs) menopause. So how do they reproduce? Well, they actually have some unusual mating habits. So depending on the species, um, the animals may reproduce sexually or asexually. But in some species, the males deposit sperm inside the cuticle of a molting egg-carrying female during an hour-long mating process. Good for them. That's right, ladies. <laughs> if you're looking for... Get yourself a tardigrade. If you're looking for a one-hour man, <laughs> you need yourself a tardigrade. Um, but some few, uh, some females actually shed their cuticle and they lay their eggs inside to be fertilized later by males. So, like, across the different... You know, there's 1,300 different species. There are different ways that they do like reproduce. A lot like fish yeah. fertilize eggs. Yeah. You know, they sort of place them somewhere Blech. and then boom. And then it's someone like, hey, comes come along like, and you fertilize every it. everybody make this um so the eggs take about 40 days to hatch long time or as long as 90 days if they've been in a desiccated state uh, desiccated means just dehydrated so actually females could carry eggs well well we'll get into their survival but if <laughs> the fun part if uh if a female is dehydrated and enters the ton state put a pin in that um and is carrying eggs those eggs could actually be rehydrated and still be viable for mating. They're like camp food or space food. I guess. Well, you know, like dehydrated meals for when you're camping. Yeah. Anyway. So what's the big deal with tardigrades? There's like, they're just little squishy water bears that don't do much. They look goofy and they can't even swim right. Well, in the right state, they are nearly indestructible. In like mind-bending ways. Nearly indestructible is is very accurate. But in the right state, that's the important part too. And we'll get into that, all the logistics. Right after this. Right after a word from our sponsors. Our sponsors. You just not you just need to have the last word. Last word. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. We're back. And we're gonna talk about our tardigrades, our badass juggernauts of the microcosms. I was trying to come up with something funny to say, but I had nothing. I, I just I just spit that they're out of, uh, off the dome. Tarted, durable, nothing, nothing. Yeah, this is not like our Mike the Headless Chicken. We, that one was good. <laughs> yeah, it was just cluck. You just kept doing the cluck pun. You go cluck yourself. Yeah, that's all. That's all it was. <laughs> Literally, that's all it was. There was other good puns in there. So tardigrades have been known and have been shown to survive very extreme conditions. And when I say extreme, I'm not talking about, hey, it's 105 degrees outside. You better stay hydrated. No. What about like absolute zero? Absolute zero. So the first thing we're going to get into temperature. is temperature. Tardigrades have been exposed to close to absolute zero temperatures. Absolute zero is 273 Celsius. Okay. These tardig- negative 273 Celsius, sorry. That's negative 458 Fahrenheit. Absolute zero is negative 253. Do you know what happens at absolute zero? I do. What happens at absolute zero? Atoms cease movement. That's how cold absolute zero is. Everything stops. Molecular activity stops. Done. No more movement. At all. You know those electrons that fly around the nucleus? Just spinning. They stop. They stop spinning. That's how they get those pictures, though. Which is nuts. It's not how they get the pictures. (laughs) It's nuts. So tardigrades were exposed to negative 272 Celsius or 1 degree Kelvin for 20 hours. I know you don't have the answer. I'm assuming you don't have the answer. How do you create that temperature? Do you know off the top of your head? Mm. It's probably a machine. Okay. (laughs) 
this guy right here. <laughs> Can't get anything by him. Dude, there are scientists that replicated a reactor that basically uh, replicated the Big Bang. So Yeah, they were scared of when they were doing that. Yeah. Like, What's going to happen? We could open up a wormhole? Yeah, create a new galaxy. Anyway, tardigrades. <laughs> <laughs> tardigrades were exposed to close to absolute zero. After 20 hours, they took them out. They thought him out and the tardigrade was like so what what's up it's me yeah. tardigrade all right bet. just hanging out <laughs> yo yo that kelvin slaps did i do young people good i guess so <laughs> so that's cold how do they do in the heat though as high as 150 degrees celsius <laughs> i like how you laughed like it's 302 like that's like maybe 100 degrees less than i cook my pizza like that Nothing should be living through that. That is that's that's insane. It should be fully dehydrated. It should it should destroy any sort of cellular integrity on both sides. Because yeah. when temperature gets that low, you know, any moisture that exists should be crystallizing. And from a like a DNA standpoint, most DNA can't handle that. It it breaks down in those extreme dry environments as well as those extremely cold environments, which are caused by those two widely different temperature points. It's uh it's insane. Well, that's the thing. So they're able to survive in terms of temperature, just extreme cold and extreme heat. But how did they evolve to do that? Because I went into a wormhole of stats. The hottest place on Earth in recorded history was in Death Valley in 1913. And it was 134 degrees Fahrenheit. No, thank you. Fahrenheit. Tardigrades can survive 302 degrees Fahrenheit. Like you can't evolve. They never went through that amount of heat to evolve to to be able to withstand that amount of heat. Not on this planet. Oh my God. You're still on your theory. Hey man, you never know. There's things we don't know. People used to think the earth was flat. Also, the earth is not flat. It's not flat. Stop saying that people. Just stop. Just to... to and to, we went to the moon. To contrast it, uh, the coldest place on Earth is in Antarctica, and it was a negative 180 something. No, 130, 133, minus 133 Fahrenheit in Antarctica, which sounds like really uh, like uncomfortable. It doesn't and sound like a real temperature. You could die. Yeah. So. No, you would die. You would die. Not could. You absolutely would die. <laughs> you would die. So they can survive extreme temperatures. They can survive extreme radiation. They can survive extreme pressure they live anywhere from two weeks to a hundred years who knows tardigrades <laughs> forever Bye. this is our podcast forever or half a month <laughs> and they have processes in place to help them survive these things what's that process called that overarching process cryptobiosis which sounds amazing has nothing to do with bitcoin so crypto latin for hidden biosis life Hidden life. Boom. Boom. So let's go through the different kinds of cryptobiosis. All right. Well, first thing that they do is they slow down their metabolic rate to 0.01% of what it is normally, which is just a survival mechanism. But we're going to dive into the different types. So we've got anhydrobiosis. When there is a lack of water, they roll up into a little ball called a ton. So... Back to when yeah, Moro said ton state before. And they develop a type of sugar called trehalose. Is that how you pronounce it? Trehalose? Trehalose. Trehalose yeah. sounds good. Yeah. And it replaces the water in the cells to prevent them from dying, which is 
really cool. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's sort of like a you you should think of it as like a glass or crystal mold because it's like internal scaffolding. Yeah, it prevents it from just kind of collapsing entirely on itself. Right. The the tree hollows um, goes into the cells, goes into the nucleus of the cells, and basically covers everything. Protects the cell membranes from breaking down from lack of water. Protects the DNA from breaking down from lack of water because you need water for all these things and protects the organelles of the cells from basically deteriorating completely basically water water super important oh yeah um friendly reminder to go hydrate and be kind to the planet be kind to everyone yes <laughs> we need we need that right now uh, just go hug somebody please just host uh, yeah just back to uh, our <laughs> cryptobiosis because i don't want to get into it <laughs> all right so next we've got Anoxybiosis, which, which is basically anhydrobiosis, but when it comes to lack of oxygen. Uh-oh. Because if there's lack of oxygen, you can't have metabolic processes going on in your body. They basically just kind of freeze up and they get really rigid and tense and they don't move until oxygen levels rise. Which is important because that's why they slow down their metabolic rate. The gas exchange and the nutrient exchange just slows down to a mit like literally bare minimum. So they don't use use up resources in their bodies. And I think they can last in this state, I think it's up to like two to three days. For, uh, an ox yeah, an, yeah. Anoxybiosis, two to three days. And hydrobiosis, they've been observed for 32 years. There was that one with 120 years, it's but they, ha iffy. they haven't been able to reproduce yeah, that study. It's but a little iffy. It was that Japanese study that they did with the 32-year-old moss, right? No, 120-year-old dried moss. No, 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 but the one they were able to reproduce was, that was 32, 32 years. Yeah, that was yeah. 32 years. Um, but they did find some, They, I mean, they claim in, back in the 40s, they found live tardigrades in the moss specimen that was estimated to People be 120 years old. And when they poured <laughs> okay. water on it, the tardigrades were like, so who's president? <laughs> <laughs> and scene. So uh, some other kinds. Those are the two main kinds of cryptobiosis that they undergo. But there are two others, cryobiosis and osmobiosis. And if you can tell by the names, cryobiosis is ton state to fight extreme temperature. Osmobiosis is ton state to fight extreme pressure. It's all about protecting. Protecting it's, it's the body. It's cool that they just literally just roll up into a little ball. It's, it's like they've got like sleep mode. They just kind of go on pause. It's, you know, you, you leave your laptop for a while and it just kind of goes into this like nice, calm state. It doesn't do anything unless it's mine and she's yeah. screaming at me. These processes help tardigrades to survive. We talked about temperature, but also the pressure, the extreme pressure that they're able to withstand. So the lowest point on Earth where there's the highest pressure is the Mariana Trench, the bottom of the Mariana Trench, which has a thousand atmospheres worth of pressure but tardigrades can survive six thousand atmospheres of pressure six times the highest what would you call it the highest pressure place on earth most pressure highest the most, most pressure the highest, most pressure. highest pressure earth the, the highest anyway, most pressure six times the highest observed pressure on earth Highest recorded. Highest recorded, whatever. How do you observe? I mean, I guess you observe nuts. A, a machine that records? I guess. Well, that's the bottom of the Mariana Trench. They probably sent uh, James Cameron just went there. Hey, guys, I'm going to the Mariana Trench. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make a movie. 
So they're able to, to survive that. Basically, what we're learning from this is compared to tardigrades, we're weak. We're meat pockets. We are, we are weak. We Oh, it's hot. I can't deal with Oh, it's cold. I'm going to get frostbite. We are not good at surviving. <laughs> this is why we have stupid jackets and shoes, because otherwise we would die. We, we're weak compared to the tardigrade. <laughs> I mean, unless it's like not in one of these ton states and then tardigrades are pretty. Imagine if humans had ton states, you just roll up into, I mean, we do. Well, that's why we research them. There are, you know, there's potential future benefits that if we could figure out how to turn some of these genes on and off in the human body, because that's the whole issue with interstellar travel, right? Right. The body, we we can't just be, we don't have. The vacuum of space. Not just the vacuum of space. Radiation. Not that, not just that either, but like. To the time it takes to get to some of these distant places, we're not going to be alive Thousands for Thousands of years. But to be able to be in a suspended animation state like in you see in these movies. Yeah. Human cryptobiosis. For all we know, you know, 50 years from now, the tardigrade could end up being what is the genetic code or whatever we're able to extract from this research that results in us being able to be in suspended animation. So I bet this is what Walt Disney was waiting for. This is this is like Futurama. Or any sci-fi Cryogenic, movie. Star yeah. Trek. Cryogenics. Or so, Star Wars with Han Solo and being frozen in carbonite. Oh, carbonite, yeah. So shout out to Jabba the Hutt. What a, you, would, you would have like carbon poisoning if you were just drenched in carbonite. Yeah, but there's, there's probably like some sort of precaution. He, he looked really uncomfortable when he came out of that. Because he was scared. No, I think he was cold. Oh, right. I That's hate also... being cold. I'd rather be hot than anyway, cold. Anyway, tardigrades don't need to. <laughs> tardigrades will never complain about being cold. They would also not complain about there being a lot of radiation in the air because they can survive extreme radiation. I think about a thousand times what a person could take. A thousand times. What a human, what a single human can take. A single human uh, could potentially die after being exposed to five grays of radiation. Um, Ten grays would wipe out the entire human race. But tardigrades can withstand 5,000 grays of radiation. It's a bunch more than I can handle. You can shoot them to the sun and they'll probably survive. How hot is the sun though? I don't know. I feel like it's hotter than yeah, but like close to the sun, closer than we can get to the sun. All right, yeah, that there we go, saved it. Good job. Also, <laughs> you know what's really cool that did we talk about this in the last podcast about how loud space would be if there was any sort of medium through which sound could travel? Oh yeah, the sun is just a giant terrifying nightmare yeah, explosion. Just... It makes what's oh, it's Rick and Morty where the sun is <sighs> on that planet and it's Rick screaming. And Rick and Morty is great. Speaking of space, Tardigrades were shot into space in 2007 and 68% of them survived. So, they remember actually, that? There we might... talked about that. When? During our Ham oh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> Call back to Ham the Astro Chimp. I think uh, as soon as we mentioned Tardigrades during that episode, we're like, we need to make an episode about Tardigrades. That's how it happened. Yeah. So, well, they've also been shot into space. Other times, too. Really? Yeah. Back in Ooh. 2019, the Israeli lunar lander um, crashed into the moon's surface, bringing its mission to an abrupt end. <laughs> <laughs> but part of its cargo was a contained colony Are of tardigrades. Are you telling me there are tardigrades living on the moon as we speak? Scientists believe that it is extremely likely that they survived the impact. So thanks to Space Force... Um, we are probably going to have boots on the moon in a couple of years, right? Maybe. We'll see. 
Um, Tardigrades on the moon. Moon grades. Not the best. That was bad. What about moon moon piglets? Tardy moon. Moon piglets. Moon piglets moon is rocks. cuter. No. Moon rock piglets. Moon rocks. Uh, pig me. Pig me up. <laughs> I don't know where this we went. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> anyway, so tardigrades are amazing. They are basically, they're not indestructible, though. There is a little misconception there. They are not Please don't try to kill tardigrades. Please don't go out into a moss. Don't try to kill anything. Especially tardigrades because they'll probably you'll probably end up killing yourself before you kill tardigrades because um, if you try to expose them to extreme heat, that extreme heat might kill you rather than the tardigrades. Yeah, but if they're not in a ton state, they're pretty easy to kill. That's what I'm saying. Like you could probably just like squish it with your fingernail Squeak. and they'll die. Um, yes, if they're not in the ton state, uh, they are basically just like mush burgers. Yeah, they don't they don't do anything. They're just little jelly beans that are ready to be squished. But in the ton state, they are, I think we can say, pretty nearly indestructible. Yeah, right. Like I mean, you in general, they are the most resilient. And I'm not saying this one of the most. They are the most resilient animal on the history of planet Earth. Another cool research point is that um, yeast and bacteria can actually be protected from dehydration by encoding into them the tardigrade genes. And so that method potentially can be used to produce crops that can survive droughts or medication that doesn't need refrigeration. Like there is so much we don't know and understand about these guys that, you know, there there is government funding that is used to research them. Hopefully. I think there is. I'm pretty confident. I think we need to fund a genome project for tardigrade DNA. Look, what we're saying is, and we're going to make this 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 call right now. In the in the next 20 years, something big's going to come out of this. You heard it yeah. first here on Let's Talk About I mean, Cool Animals. You heard it first. Okay, you heard here. it first here. But yeah, the DNA in tardigrades uh, has basically every code, every information that helps tardigrades you know, survive all these things, go into a ton state, you know, go through cryptobiosis. So if we were able to study that, if we were able to extract that information and apply it to, I don't know, humans? Bum, bum, bum. What, like, that would revolutionize Space the history travel, of the universe. Healthcare, storage of people. Exactly. Like, it, it's just nuts to me that, you know, it, it could get, it could get to that. It should. We'll see. We won't be around for it. But. Yeah, we won't be around. But you know who will be around? Tardigrades. Tardigrades, because they are incredible. Amazing. And? Resilient and? Cool. They're very cool. Cool. So we said cool, and that means we're going to give a little shout out to a very special person. Let me play something. Hold on. Okay. Oh, shout out to my brother, Matt, who gave us some lovely feedback on, as he called it, the traumatized chimp episode. <laughs> Um, so Ham the Astro Chimp. Ham everyone. the Astro Chimp, for those of you who haven't listened yet. Um, so thank you for the love, Matt. We appreciate it. And please give Caleb a hug for me if you're listening, because I missed that little guy. We miss him. Caleb is Dan's dog, as we mentioned in And Matt's episodes. dog. And Matt's dog. And well, he's he is now Matt's dog. He's vacationing with Matthew. Okay. And let me let me just pause. Also, we wanna talk about the current situation that's going on. Um it's very tough to talk about because, you know, we've had conversations, extended conversations where we're basically, you know, pouring our heart out to each other. And 
I just don't know what to say. Yeah, honestly, I, I think, you know, regardless of your beliefs, your whatever you feel about what's happening, I, I think that there has been a lot of terrible things happening in the world. And, you know, it, it's come a time for those things to, to change. And um, the world needs more love. People need to go out and hug each other. I know that sounds silly, but there are a lot of people who are hurting in this country. And um, I just want to see some unity. I want to see things change. I would love to see, you know, a better country, a better world. Better world. And, uh, you know, not to be on too much hippie stuff, but, you know, a little bit more harmony. And I, I think that, you know, progress doesn't always come quietly or calmly. Um, we, we really just want to make sure that, not make sure, we hope that people are safe out there um, and that there's not too much violence. And um, we just, we love everybody. I think the idea of, you know, just go out and hug someone and tell them you love them. Yeah. It, I think that's what's going to make real progress. It's, you know, showing love for everyone. Love and respect. You know, um, what's, the, what's the quote? There's a quote. Um, Rudeness is merely the expression of fear. People fear that they won't get what they want. That's a good the, one. The most, uh, the most rude person only needs to be loved. And they will open up like a flower. Just love. That's true. I, I mean, think, I think love can 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 cure a lot of things. And you know, showing that you care for someone, showing that you want progress, showing that you want humans to be united, especially now because it's been a very tireful and stressful and just horrible year in general. Yeah, twenty twenty's been a, a a bunch of stuff, but you know, I think that change will come and um we just hope that everyone is is safe out there and <sighs> i don't know what else to say well you know we started this podcast because we wanted a little break from all the craziness and that was back when corona was the, yeah, remember the coronavirus? News, um which is still you know still a serious issue but you know there are more pressing issues at hand now um we wanted this to be sort of a distraction and we, you know, refrain from talking about these things when we record, but it gets to a point where, you know, we do need to voice. We are human beings. Yeah. We need to voice our concerns and we do need to voice our feelings once in a while. So we hope everyone's staying safe, you know, love your neighbor and just go, out, go out and hug someone, please. Everybody needs hugs. And we're today. sending virtual, virtual hugs to, to everyone listening as well. So hugs from me and Moro. Sending love out to everybody, and uh, we hope that we can see some progress moving forward in a positive way. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah, like and subscribe if you want. If not, it's fine as long as you go hug someone and tell yeah, them Yeah, go. Them. You don't have to like and subscribe. <laughs> only if you go hug somebody today. All right. We love you, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. I'm going to play something. What are you playing? You're not playing anything. You're just... He's just banging his hand on the